Let's everybody give the Lord praise right out of our hearts tonight. From our hearts, let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. 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 Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Morton, for those kind words. And thank you for your expression of friendship. I feel the same towards Brother Morton and uh, others of these great men who are on this platform and throughout this congregation tonight. It's so good to see everybody who is at PSR tonight. Praise God. This is a wonderful, wonderful scene to behold. And uh, I am just thankful for everyone who has come. Every saint of God, every preacher of the gospel, those of us who uh, participate in sponsoring this meeting are honored greatly when any and all of you come to be here and be a part of this conference. Praise the Lord. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I will not take a great deal of time in my preliminary remarks. I do want to say that I too was thinking about my father. Uh, this is the first time I have preached at PSR convention that dad has not been here. I think mother planned on it. I haven't found her yet. Where are you, mom? There's, there's mom. She did. She's the young looking 60 something year old. I better not say more than that. <clears throat> um, and uh, it's good to have her here. If dad could be here, he would be. I've never known him to miss a service that it was possible for him to be at. From the time I was a child to the time he was so ill that he could not come to church. I never knew him to miss a service that he could have attended. Fathers, are you leaving that kind of testimony to your children? Amen. Praise God. One more time, let me say to all the ministering brethren, it's so good to see you here and, and have a chance to fellowship with you and worship the Lord with you and receive and hear the Word of God uh, together with you. Amen. I believe God is doing great things amongst us in this last day, this midnight hour. I believe God is doing great things amongst us, and I'm excited about it. I'm more than excited about it. I'm very, very excited about it. All of the preaching that we have heard thus far has been exceptional. And uh, that message we just heard, I just told Brother Garrett, I wish he would have just went ahead and finished. I really do. I say sincerely, while I uh, feel very honored to be standing here and uh, be selected to preach at this particular time in this convention, I, I do feel honored. I am far past the point where I long for these opportunities. Far past that. That day has come and gone. I can remember the day very clearly when I thought, oh, if I, they'd just let me up there. They just let me, I'm long time past that. And while I am past the point in life and ministry of longing for this opportunity, I do not take it lightly. 
I don't take it any more lightly than I ever would have. I believe God wants to do something in this place tonight. I believe he's already done something. I believe there is more that God has for us in this service tonight. Well, some of you kind of believe that with me. I don't think God's finished tonight. I said I don't believe God has finished tonight. I hope we don't get finished before God does. I hope we'll let him do everything he wants to do tonight. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. I come to you with great burden tonight because I believe there is so much, so very, very, very much that God wants to give his people. We have received so much from him, have we not? Are you thank thankful tonight for the forgiveness of your sins? Are you thankful tonight that through the medium and the obedience of water baptism in Jesus' name, your sins have been remitted, both committed and inherited sin? Are you thankful tonight? Are you thankful tonight that God filled you with His Spirit and empowered you to live for Him? Are you thankful tonight for the pre preacher that preaches the gospel to you week in and week out? Are you thankful for your brethren and your sisters? Are you thankful for the church of the living God? Are you thankful that you're in this place tonight? Are you thankful for the presence of the Lord that's here amongst us? God has been good to us. I said, God has been good to us. I could talk a long time about that. But while you cannot number the good things God has done for you, it would be impossible for you to enumerate the good things God's got in store for you. God's got more for us he hasn't given us than he already has given to us. Now I can tell not everybody believes that. Maybe I'll preach a little while and convince somebody. I said, I don't believe God's finished doing good things for us. I don't think he's run out of blessing. I don't think we have bankrupt God. Proverbs chapter number 10. Proverbs chapter number 10. Verse number 22. Proverbs 10 and 22. I read only one verse of scripture in your hearing tonight. The blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich. And it addeth no sorrow with it.
There's a thousand demons trying to scream loud enough that you can't hear what's really in that verse tonight. The blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. Would you mind the Lord if I read it one more time? The blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject. The pursuit of blessing. The pursuit of blessing. Amen. Brother Booker, would you pray the blessing of the Lord on his... Lord God, anoint our hearts and minds to receive your anointed word tonight. You are great and gracious and mighty and powerful and holy. Quicken our hearts, God. Make us alive to all that you have for us. We ask, we believe, we trust in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now clap your hands to Jesus. Give him thanksgiving for his goodness to you. Come on, thank him. Thank him for his goodness. Give him praise for his goodness. Give him praise for his blessing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's praise him more than that. He's been better than that to us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Somebody just shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it again. Hallelujah. Shout it again. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. I want to say at the very onset tonight that I am completely and absolutely convinced that God delights, God enjoys, bestowing blessing upon his children I believe it is according to his good pleasure to distribute good gifts to his people now you can hold a different philosophy if you want to but I choose not to believe that my God has to be persuaded to do good things for me I choose not to believe that God has to be convinced to give blessing to my life. But I believe with all of my heart, I believe completely, absolutely, and refuse to accept any measure of doubt in the matter. I am convinced that God stands on tiptoe, ready and anxious to add another blessing to my life. Now you can have the kind of God whom you believe you have to twist his arm to get anything out of him. You have to talk him into it. You have to crawl on your knees and pay penance. 
You have to do some kind of painful thing to attract the favor and the attention of your God. But I have come into this place tonight worshiping a God whom I believe delights in bestowing favors and benefits and blessings upon the life of his children. I believe you're the apple of his eye. I am convinced you're the choice out of all of his creation. I believe he loves his blood washed spirit filled children of God more than he loves the stars of the heavens and all the rest of his creation put together. I don't think it's a hard thing for God to do something good in the life of his children. I think it is his greatest pleasure. I'm sure he got a certain amount of pleasure out of hanging the stars and putting the planets into orbit, creating the glorious and the beautiful worlds that we look at in, in a starlit night. I am sure that God receives a certain amount of gratification bringing to pass all of the wonderful creation that our eyes behold when we view the scenic beauties of this world. But I'm here to tell you tonight, I am convinced that the greatest pleasure God ever experiences is when He gets to do something else good in the life of a child of God. I believe it is to His good pleasure. One of the reasons that I don't struggle with that is because I was raised by a loving Father. I have already made mention of Him tonight and wish that He was in this place. But I noticed always in my father's life, he never complained about providing for his family. He never complained about doing good things for those that he loved. As a matter of fact, if I knew him or know him as I think I do, the greatest joy that he ever had in all of his life was doing something for his family that brought a smile to the face, brought joy into their hearts. Amen. And my Bible uses and my Lord uses the allegory of a loving father to describe himself and I don't only have to use my father's illustration I'm a father myself and I know for myself that the greatest joy I have ever found in this life is to do good things for those that I love the most amen and the demon that tells you and the spirit of doubt that lies to you tonight and endeavors to convince you that you are not worthy of the blessing of God and God doesn't know where you are and who you are and does not hear your cry and does not interested in granting your petition. It's a lying devil and I come in the name of the Lord to tell you your God is a loving father who stands by anxiously to bestow good favors upon your life and I think you ought to clap your hands and give him some praise right now
this is just an introduction and I don't want to spend a long time on it so I gotta feel like you believe what I'm preaching before I go on I'm telling you God likes to do things for you God enjoys blessing you God enjoys enriching your life praise God praise God Hallelujah. Praise God. A whole bunch of Pentecostals are still carrying around a lot of Catholicism. Thinking they have to earn everything they get from God. Thinking that God has to be convinced to blessing them. In spite of the fact that it is His good pleasure to bless us. There are some points that I want you to note tonight. Some of these statements are going to trouble you. Some of you, at least at first, are not going to be convinced of their accuracy. You're going to think that I'm missing it, but I'm not. I want you to listen to what I say. In spite of the fact that God enjoys doing good things for you, in spite of the fact that it is his greatest pleasure to enrich your life with blessing not everybody in the kingdom is blessed equally I said not everybody here amongst us has the same measure of blessing you don't have to study your Bible a whole lot Neither do you have to live a long time before you become convinced of the fact that not everybody receives the same measure of blessing from God. Some people simply have more blessing than others. Some people simply are blessed more of God than others. Now that goes against the fairness concept that we have attributed to God but you must understand the fairness concept is not a biblical concept that's a man created man manufactured philosophy it's not a Bible concept and nowhere in the scripture does the word of the Lord teach us that God is fair or that he does the same for all of us now he is just and he will judge justly according to his word and according to his law but God does not operate within the concept of fairness we want him to we want him to do the same for him as he does for him and we want him to treat him the same as he treats him because we say that's fair but God doesn't operate that way God simply blesses some people more than he blesses other people we don't like that we'd like to make a communist out of God we'd like to make God into a socialist where everything is available to everybody and it's not different for anybody you get the same privileges as he gets he gets the same in fact 
we concoct little uh, statements and cliches to try to communicate that feeling and make us feel better about the fact that some people are blessed more than other people. And we say to them, you know, he's just blessed differently than you were blessed. God has blessed him in a different way than, uh, than he's blessed you. And that may be true, but it might also be true. God just simply blessed them more than he blessed you. God gave them more than he gave you. Or maybe he gave you more than he gave them. That's the way God is. I know that goes against our grain. We have a little trouble accepting that fact. The apostle Peter struggled with that also. When the Lord spoke to the twelve and eleven of the twelve, he let know, he let to know that they would die cruel deaths. He spoke of their end, but he did not include John in those statements. And Peter didn't like that. He figured what was fair for one was fair for all. And what the other eleven got, Peter ought to have to suffer also. Or John ought to have to suffer also. And Peter didn't like the fact that the Lord somehow bestowed upon John blessing that he did not bestow upon the other eleven. I preach to you tonight, the, the word of the Lord is replete with the, with the knowledge and the fact of the matter that some people are just blessed more than other people are blessed. Let me drive that nail in a little deeper before we travel on here tonight. God has favorites. You just wince at that, don't you? Oh. That's hard. God has favorites. I don't want God to have favorites. Well, He does. Maybe you remember the feeling when you attended school when the teacher had a pet anybody ever go to school where the teacher had pets the teacher had a pet and if you weren't that pet I'll tell you what you struggled with you didn't like the pet and you didn't like the teacher having a pet but it didn't change the fact that the teacher had pets or favorites I preach to you, so it is with our God. God has favorites. You don't have to pastor a church very long before you figure that out. Sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with the righteousness of the people. It doesn't have anything to do. I know some people that seem to be God's pets or favorites that I, I, I want to argue with God about it. I tell God they don't deserve it. They haven't measured up. They haven't done everything I want them to do. They haven't always acted like I want them to act. And yet God blesses them and blesses them and blesses them and blesses them and blesses them some more. And somebody else across the building, I think, is measured up. It seems like that they just, they just can't get what they need from God. They can't get what they need to be with God. They, they need answers and they need solutions and they need answers to prayer. And, and they struggle and struggle and struggle. And I don't understand it. I want to argue with God. But I have learned simply to accept the fact that there are people who are God's favorites. God 
favors them. If you want another term that's used in other translations for the word blessing, it's favor. God puts blessing or favor upon certain people. Amen. Now that rubs against the fur, but it is the fact. And not anybody shouting right now. Because some of you are thinking, yes, I'm a favorite of God. But if I stand up and shout right now, somebody's going to get mad at me. And the rest of you are kind of gritting your teeth because you're saying, I don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe that God will do more for somebody else than He does for me. And you can sit right there in your jealousy. You can sit right there resenting the person that's blessed and never get the blessing. You can sit there making excuses for your lack of blessing. You can sit there reasoning away the fact of the matter. And the simple facts are they're blessed more than you are. And the first step to getting out of your dilemma is accepting that fact. Recognizing that fact. Waking up to that fact. Quit fighting it. Quit arguing about it. Would somebody clap your hands if you believe what I'm preaching tonight? You may be seated. Amen. You, you can have a heart filled with jealousy over God's favorites. But I'm not ashamed tonight. Do you hear me in the back? Devil, do you hear me tonight? If you still got a choir calling together, because I want to tell them, I'm not ashamed tonight, not for one second, to tell you, I want to be one of God's favorites. If I get to be, you may not like me, but I still want to be. If I ever get to be one of God's favorites, you may get jealous towards me, but I still want to be one of God's favorites. If I ever attain to that position of the favored one of God, you may choose to be jealous, but I still desire the blessing of God upon my life. Sit there and mumble about somebody else having it if you want to. Sit there and let your heart get filled with jealousy if you want to. But the first step towards becoming one of God's favored is to empty the jealousy out of your heart. Empty the envy out of your heart. And say, God, I don't know how to be one of your favorite ones, but I want to find out. I want to learn how. I want to get there. I want to get in that position. I am not ashamed to say I want to be one of God's favorites. Clap your hands. Come on. You can be seated. You say that's being greedy, Brother Keys. No. 
I don't have time to go back and recap and highlight all the things the Lord's already said to us in the last two days. But brother, what's your name? Booker. He forgot for a moment. Somebody keep him informed what his name is. Said to us last night, when God blessed Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing. You see, you have to understand that it all comes in the same package. Don't ever desire to be one of the blessed ones if you are not ready to be a blessor. I said you're out of line if you want the blessing, but you don't want to be a blessor. It comes in the same package. It's part of the same deal. I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing to other folks. And so I can say tonight without embarrassment, God, I want every blessing I can get. I want all of it I can have. And while you're giving it to me, God, I'm going to bless somebody else. I will be blessed, and I shall be a blessor. You get that selfishness in your heart that he was preaching about last night and you say, God bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. And you forget about the rest of the deal. The rest of the deal is you are a blessor. I want to be blessed. But God, I want you to bless me more because if you bless me, I've got more to bless your kingdom with. I've got more to bless your cause with. I want you to give me more knowledge. I want you to give me greater understanding. I want you to give me greater spiritual power. I want you to give me more finance, God. And as you bless me, I will be a blessor. That's not greed. You can be seated. I'll tell you another reason it's not greed. I'll tell you another reason it's not greedy, Brother Hurst. It's because it doesn't matter how much blessing I get. I will not bankrupt my God. The supply of God's treasure house is never going to grow short. He's never going to have less than he needs for somebody else. I can get everything I can have. And he's still got just as much to give you wrong get as he had before he ever blessed me. No, devil, I'm not ashamed to say tonight, I want the blessing. I want all of it I can have. Come on, somebody shout a little bit. ahead and stick your head in the sand dig you a little hole and go down in there and talk about how unworthy you are revel in all of your pain and feel like you're getting enough anguish pretty soon to ask God for something go ahead and live that way if you want to not me my father 
rich in houses and lands. I can come boldly before his throne. Not as an outcast. Not as a lowly one. But I come as a sanctified blood washed child of God. The apple of his eye. And make my petition known unto him. Hallelujah. I real you can be seated. I realize tonight I am preaching in the face of lying demons of doubt that tell preachers you can only have so much from God. I realize tonight that I am preaching in the face of depressed and lowly spirited people who feel like and have been convinced by circumstance that they cannot hope for better than their present plight in life but oh I would somehow tonight the Holy Ghost would anoint me and the Holy Ghost would anoint you and you could understand you are a child of God and as his child he wants to do good things for you he has blessed you but he's got more blessing for you than you have experienced why do you think God ran out now why do you think God's ready to stop now after he's done everything for you he's done after he's brought you so far after he picked you up out of the muck and the mire of sin cleansed you and gave you a sound mind why do you think God's finished blessing you now I'm telling you your good God your father who loves you above all else has got more for are you praise God in the next little while please be seated I would I would like to talk to you about what I feel is a scriptural formula for blessing is anybody interested if you're not interested in blessing, you can go home now. If you had all the blessing you want, you may be dismissed. But if anybody's interested in blessing, stick around a little while. And let's talk about God's formula for blessing. I believe there are three ingredients in the formula. I believe the first ingredient is the revelation of the worth of God's blessing. I said the revelation of the value or the worth of God's blessing. I am convinced when a man or a woman gets a revelation of the value or the treasure of God's blessings, the consequence will be the second ingredient, which is a passion for the blessing and when you get a passion for the blessing I think it will lead naturally to a pursuit of the blessing to condense it into a nutshell three words revelation passion and pursuit when you get a revelation of the blessing of the Lord 
our text talks about that revelation tonight. I know that this is a verse of scripture that most of you can recite. But I doubt if there are many of us tonight who have the revelation contained within this verse of scripture. The blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. Think about it. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. It didn't say men's favor makes rich and adds no sorrow. Now I want men's favor as far as it is possible. But Brother Haney, I have learned to live without everybody's favor. But one thing I do not want to live without, and that is the favor or the blessing of God, because it maketh rich. It enriches one's life in dimensions and proportions that are indescribable. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. It didn't say fame and popularity. It didn't say the wealth of this world. It didn't say to have your name in lights. But it said the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. I'm preaching to somebody that's working their fingers to the bone trying to find enrichment in life. I'm preaching to somebody that think Hollywood knows how to add to your life and to enrich your life. I'm preaching to somebody that thinks this worldly system has the answers to enriching one's life and you follow after their gurus and their philosophers and their men of supposed understanding. But I'm preaching to you tonight it is not in those things no, it is not. It is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. Somebody needs to get a revelation tonight. Somebody needs to understand the most valuable thing that's ever been made available to mankind is the blessing of the Lord. The greatest treasure that a man has ever embraced is the blessing of God. The blessing of God is the greatest of all treasures. Contrast that, if you will, to other words of this great wise man that gave us this verse of Scripture. When he looked at all that was under the sun, all that was available in this world, he had it all, he could experience it all. Every thrill, every sensation, every fleshly gratification, everything the world called a good time, Everything the world said you ought to seek after. Everything that was out there. And yet after this man who had opportunity or had experienced it all. Said it's all vanity. Yeah. 
Brother Stevenson, and it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't satisfy you, but it's vexation of spirit. It's empty. It's a glittering package on the outside, but when you open it up, it's empty on the inside. He said, all that's under the sun, all that's in the world is vanity and vexation of spirit. Come on, young people. Some of you need to listen to me tonight. Some of you think that world's got the answers. Some of you need to understand. All that's under the sun is vanity and vexation of spirit. But the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. I know it's an old song, but I kind of feel like singing it right now. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. You can have Hollywood, but I want Jesus. You can have the sports world, but I want the blessing of Jesus. You can have the wealth of the world, but I want the blessing of the Lord. Because it, 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 it is the greatest treasure that a man can ever lay hold of in this life. Clap your hands to the Lord. I hope you're not winding down on me. Come on, shake somebody's hand and say, Oh, I want some of his blessing. The blessing of the Lord. You've got to get a revelation of how, how beautiful this is. How wonderful the blessings of the Lord are. How glorious the blessings of the, the blessings of the Lord are not dependent on the circumstances of life. The blessings of the Lord don't come and go with the seasons. The blessings of the Lord don't come and go and here and then gone with your moods. Uh, no, 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 no. The blessings of the Lord, they make us rich and they add it no sorrow. They're constant, they're abiding. Oh, the blessing of the Lord. What kind of blessing? You name it, friend. God's got it. He's got spiritual blessing for somebody tonight that walked into this place depressed and oppressed and lonely and filled with despondency and despair and dismay. You walked in here that way tonight. I'm preaching to you about a good God that loves you, that would lift the burden from your shoulders tonight. And you can go a skip it out of this place with victory and joy in your heart. You say, I don't know if he can do that. He can do it just like that. I said, God's got it for you tonight. That kind of blessing is in God's storehouse tonight. He's got a hundred soul revivals tonight. You say, oh, he doesn't have it. Go ahead and think that and you'll never have it. 
go ahead and think you got to do some great painful price to ever get it and you're never going to get it but if you'll understand there's a good God that's bigger than any devil that stands between you and the blessing and he wants you to have it he's got it for you tonight he's got hundred soul revivals he's got church Dublin revivals he's got it in his storehouse don't tell me he doesn't that's a lying spirit of hell that tells me God doesn't have that for us it's going to take more than all of you together telling me God can't give us apostolic revival in the end time where we literally turn cities upside down and shake our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't tell me he doesn't want to do that for his church. Clap your hands if you believe it. Blessing tonight for you, for you, God's got blessing for you tonight. You can be seated. I feel like I got some devil of doubt by the throat and I'm choking the life out of him. Hallelujah. How valuable are his blessings. How glorious are his blessings. Hallelujah. Some people are like the swine in Jesus' parable. The blessings there, it's the pearl. But it's nothing to them. Some people sit on Pentecostal pews all of their lives. And they still take their snouts. Mill around in the muck and the mire of the world trying to find something worthwhile. And the pearls, they don't even recognize the value of the to get our noses out of the muck and the mire of a lot of religious philosophy and ideas 
and recognize that right in our midst is the blessing of the Lord and it's better if you please than anything denominationalism can show us or offer us I tell you, we need to quit spending all of our time with our snouts in the muck and the mire, the worthless garbage of denominationalism and realize that the blessing of God is amongst His people. We can have whatever we want from God. God's ready and ain't just to do it for us. When you get a revelation of the worth of this blessing, when you see it's the blessing of the Lord to be treasured, it's the blessing of the Lord that is valuable. It's not what Dr. So-and-so thinks. It's not what Hollywood says. The blessing of the Lord is what is to be desired. Can I just pause long enough to say that what comes to us sometimes with good intention undermines the very will of God amongst us? What comes to us out of the hearts and minds of men who want to help us do better sometimes becomes an obstacle and a hindrance to what God really could do for us? Sometimes it is a distraction and gets us off course. Sometimes we get our mind on, on, on what else is in the pig pen and we get our eyes off of the pearl and we quit, we start seeking what somebody else has and forsake what God has made available to us. I'm telling you, we are His people and His blessing rests upon us. His blessing is available to us. His blessing is at our fingertips. We can have what Nobody else in all of this world can have. Praise God. Oh, what a treasure. The blessing of the Lord. When you get a revelation of the worth of this blessing, it gives birth to passion for. <laughs> Praise God. When you get a revelation of how good this is, how precious this is, it makes you want it. If you ever get a vision, ooh, there it is. Then you want it more than anything else in the world. A passion is born in your heart for the blessing of God. The reason some of you don't desire the blessings of God like you need to, it's because you have never gotten a revelation of the worth of the value of God's blessing. I wish I could help you see it tonight. But if you ever see what Jesus can really do, if you ever get a glimpse into His storehouse of blessing, 
You'll get you you'll stop worrying about it. A lot of the distractions and a lot of the things that are taking your time and energy and focus. And you'll get your mind on that storehouse. And you'll say, well, I don't know about all the rest of this. But this one thing I know I want. I want more than I want my next breath. I want it more than I want to see the rising of the sun on the morrow. I want it with every fiber of my being. I want it with all the strength of my soul, mind, and spirit. I want the blessing of God. I've got to have it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I desire it with a fervent desire. I desire it with a red hot passion. I desire the blessing of the Lord. Are you finished preaching tonight? You still interested in blessing? In the 13th chapter of Romans, we have a very profound statement. God bless you, son. And I know what Paul is teaching us about in that chapter. I know he's talking to us about election. And about how that God is including the Gentiles in his eternal plan. I understand the context. But that does not mean that you can ignore the most simplistic statement that is included in that text. And Paul recites or rehearses something that is already written in the book of Malachi. He said, the Lord said, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Amen. When I contemplate that statement in its most simplistic form, it doesn't seem to fit into our our concept of how things ought to be because Jacob was the supplanter Jacob was the liar Jacob was the thief Jacob was the man you couldn't trust and I don't find anything in the scripture that records those kind of traits or characteristics about Esau and yet Twice in the scripture, the word of the Lord tells us, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. Let me preach to you a little bit about Esau, and then I'll talk to you about Jacob. But the word of the Lord lets us to know, and I don't need to rehearse the story to you, but it lets us to know that there was a day Esau came in from the field hungry, and he, he needed something to eat. And Jacob seized upon that opportunity to lay claim to the right of the blessing. He said to Esau, if you will give me the blessing, I'll give you a bowl of pottage. I'm going to hurry and not preach all of this tonight. But just let me throw this out to you. One thing I see about Esau is he was a man who was willing to exchange the blessing for a gratification of the flesh. 
he didn't place the right kind of value upon the blessing. He didn't realize the treasure he had. He didn't understand what God had made available to him. And he was willing to sell the blessing for one bowl of Pottage, one moment of gratification of the flesh. I preach to you tonight that that's why God said, Esau have I hated. It is despicable to God. God despises it when man has opportunity to be so blessed and yet he'll sell it out. He never recognizes its worth. It never becomes a treasure to him. It never becomes a consuming passion in his heart. I'm telling you tonight God had better see amongst us a burning passion for the blessing of God. I'm telling you, nobody on the face of the earth has had opportunity for the blessing like we have got. Nobody has had opportunity for, for as much blessing of God as the one God, Jesus' name, apostolic people that are on the face of God's earth in this hour. We have got opportunity for blessing like no people have ever had ever before in the history of mankind. Help us not to sell it out for a bowl of pottage. Just momentary gratification of the flesh. Amen. He placed greater value on what was expedient for the moment than he did on the blessing. I wish I had time to preach about that, and I won't. But just let me make this statement. You've got children, and you've got grandchildren. And our enemy can come along and tell us that it's expedient now to do some things that may be easy to do. It may be easier to give in to some things. It may be easier to make some compromises. But you remember, when you make the compromises, not only are you losing the blessing, you have forfeited it for your children and your grandchildren. You're looking at one preacher tonight that's not willing to do what's expedient for the moment if it means my children and grandchildren are going to miss out on the great blessings of God He intends for His church in the end time. God despised the spirit of Esau who was willing to sacrifice the blessing for the gratification of the flesh. He was willing to sacrifice the blessing for the expediency of the moment. Amen. And it would have been Esau that would have asked the question, what's wrong with it? Just a bowl of pottage? What's wrong with a bowl of soup? The only thing that's wrong with it is it's just probably going to cost you the blessing. And if the blessing doesn't mean any more to you than that, God is bold enough to say, I hate you. I don't 
never seen anybody yet. I've never pastored anybody yet. I've never known anybody yet that was red hot after the blessing of God that ever came to me and said, what's wrong with having a television in my house? I just don't see anything wrong with cutting around on the ends of the hair. I don't see anything wrong with sacrificing some Pentecostals. I don't see anything wrong with missing church two or three times in a row. I don't see anything wrong with it. It's the spirit of Esau that says I don't see anything wrong with a bowl of pottage. I'm preaching to somebody tonight that needs to shake off the spirit of Esau. It's on you right now. You've been saying, what's wrong with it? I'm preaching to you under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And you are enlightened to understand right now. It's the spirit of Esau that's on you. And God says, I hate it. I despise it. You want what you want more than you want the blessing of God. You give me a man or a woman that values the blessing of God and hungers after the blessing of God. They don't ever ask you what's wrong with it. They're never coming around to see how close to the edge they can get. They're never coming around seeing how much they can get by with. Not somebody that's hungry after the blessing of God. You give me somebody that's got a red heart, unquenchable burning passion in their heart for the blessing of God. They'll do whatever you say will move them closer to God's blessing because they want it more. Oh, then they want life itself. They want the blessing of God. Clap your hands to the Lord. I hope you can turn to somebody and say it now with a little more fervency than you did a while ago. I hope you can say, I gotta have his blessing. 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 I gotta have it. I hope you can like me while I'm getting it, but I don't care. I gotta have it. I hope I don't lose all my friends getting it, but I've gotta have it. I hope I don't make too many people angry, but I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. It is the greatest treasure. It's the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. Go ahead and live your spiritual poverty and justify it if you want to. Go ahead and try to make your God a little God who is insignificant and unpowerful and who can do nothing for you if you want to. Go ahead and develop and concoct your little doctrines and philosophies that make you satisfied in your unblessed blessed state if you want to. Not me. I've got a little bit of glimpse of how precious and glorious His blessing are. And i got to have it. 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 You can be seated. Do you see how wonderful it is 
What a treasure it is. And after that revelation gives birth to passion, that passion will give birth to an unstoppable pursuit of the blessing of God. Now what I'm talking about is violent. What I'm talking about is radical. What I'm talking about, if you get a hold of it and practice it, most people will think you're a fanatic, an odd duck, a strange person, too highly focused, out of step with the crowd. But when you get the revelation and that passion begins to burn in your heart, something in you that says, don't get in my way. Don't try to stop me. Don't try to hinder me. Man nor devil. Circumstance or obstacle. You might kill me, but you won't stop me. Because there's nothing else worth living for. There's nothing else worth existing for. There's nothing else that merits my time. There's nothing else that merits my focus. There's nothing else I'm willing to spend my energy on. I'm telling you, you don't have to preach against hobbies. When people get a passion in their heart for the blessing of God, you don't have to talk people out of their hobbies when they get a passion for the blessing of God. Because, friend, it will put you on a pursuit. That nothing else really matters. You say you're a fanatical. Yeah, that's what a revelation of the blessing will do to you. That's what a red heart passion for the blessing of God will do to you. It'll make you an absolute fanatic for what God's got for us. It'll make you unsatisfied with this world and the things of this world. And that's what the apostolic church has got to get in the end time. we got to get on our pursuit, a pursuit, a pursuit. I said we got to go for it, church. We don't have much time left. We don't have much further to go no sir we gotta go for it with our wallets we gotta go for it with our time we gotta go for it with our strength with our life we gotta get it with everything we have got what are you saving your life for he that saveth his life shall lose it Whosoever loses his life for my sake, the same shall see. Be seated. Very quickly. This was going to be the meat of my message, and I'm, I'm just going to skim it right quick. Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. God reiterated his blessing to Abraham in the 13th chapter. After Lot had departed, there were three things basically that God told Abraham before he reiterated the blessing he said first of all I want you to get up well before you get up I want you to look around I want you to look west I want you to look as far as you can look I want you to look east as far as you can look I want you to look north, and I want you to look south. Did you get a look at it? 
Did you get it? First thing, you got to get a revelation. You got to see it. Look, you see all that? You see all that, Abraham? All of that? Did you see all that? You see? Did you see it? You see what I got for you, Abraham? You got to get a revelation. You got to get a revelation of how great, glorious, mighty, bountiful, beautiful the blessing of God is. Oh, you mean that's what you got for me, God? Yeah. All that. Now I want you to arise. You got to want it enough to get up. You got to see it. And then you got to want it. Well, I'm comfortable right here, God. Yeah, I know. That's where a whole bunch of us are. God, you've been good to me already. Why should I get up from here and pull up stakes and roll up the tents and herd up the cow and get all the kids and everybody together? Ah, this is good. That makes me want to knock that pulpit right off this platform. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. That goes on the tape and people are here that aren't in the spirit of the service. They already think we PS guys are radical. Can you bleep that out? Satisfied with where we are. Comfortable churches. Enough time to live on, a good car to drive, a nice house to live in. Comfortable, 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 comfortable. Come on, get up. I got something more for you than this. You think this is good? Look around. Look to the east. Look to the west. Look to the north. Look to the south. I got blessing for you. Ah, this is good. We got a few thousand folks at PSR Convention. I'm telling you, this is not a drop in the bucket to the kind of apostolic meetings we ought to have in the end time before Jesus comes. I'm telling you, we're going to have meetings if we do the will of God that put Benny Hinn and Billy Graham and all the rest of them to shame. And we're not just going to have them come to the front and accept Jesus Christ. They're going to get the Holy Ghost baptism by the tens of thousands. You say, I don't believe it. Then go ahead and sit there where you're at. Pastor, you're 50 people till Jesus comes. Some of the rest of us see something in the east. Some of the rest of us see something in the west. And in the north, we see some things we have never had. We see some blessings we have never experienced. It's time.
I said, do you want it? And then he said, Abraham, after you get up out of your comfortable place, you, you start walking. You start walking. Which way? I don't care. But no, somebody tell me what Bible study. Tell me what church program. Ha! Ah, that's where you're getting off base. Quit worrying about the how-to and which way. Just get up and start marching. He said, everywhere you put the sole of your feet, I'll give it to you. That's yours. 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 Come on! Pursue it! You gotta go after it. And the pursuit actually becomes the object of the blessing. The pursuit actually becomes the magnet of the blessing. How far you pursue depends on how much blessing you get. The further you pursue, the more blessing you get. You're not going to run out of God's blessing. Come on, keep marching. Take another step. Come on, take another step. Take a step from 50 to 60. Take a step from 100 to 200. Take a step from 200 to 400. Come on, take a step to 400 to 800. Take a step from 1,000 to 200. Come on, come on, come on. Get out of your comfortable place. God hasn't run out of blessing. He brought you this far. He'll take you further. He gave you this much. He's got more for you. Come on, some of you young preachers need to get violent. You need to get, you need to launch on an unstoppable pursuit of the blessing of God. I'm not finished, but it's time for somebody. It's time for somebody to get up out of their comfortable place. It's time for somebody to make up your mind. I'm starting my pursuit tonight, 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 tonight. Right now, this moment, I'm picking up my foot from where I'm at. I'm stepping on the territory I've never walked on. I'm claiming victory I've never had. I'm going to walk into blessing I've never walked into before. The devil don't try to stop me. Don't try to dampen my faith. Don't try to discourage me out of it. Don't try to turn me around. Don't try to talk me out of it. Don't try to convince me I can't have it. Don't come to me with your lies and your doubt. Take it somewhere yonder. My God is bigger than you ever dreamed he is. He's richer than you ever thought him to be. He's got everything my heart can desire. Come on. March. March. Somebody needs to march. Somebody needs to pursue. Somebody needs to go after it. Somebody needs to pursue. Somebody needs to pursue. 
Yeah!